Hi, everybody. I'm Allison Ramsey, your host for the Empire Life podcast, and welcome today. We interview female founders from all around the world about their rise to success and giving you lifelong strategies to use absolutely today to enhance your life and your business. And Empire Life is a mentoring and coaching company that serves and guides female founders in scaling their online empires. And today we are with Brooke Dunwell. She is in the business of recruiting for startups, and she can also serve her team and her can serve as HR for startups. And they also have newly built, and that's going to be launching soon, interview and resume coaching, and also a recruiting online course. And I'll hand it over to Brooke to fill in any gaps that I might have missed. (laughs) Sure, sure. So... Yes, I'm the founder of Carbon 3 Recruiting, and we, as you mentioned, we recruit for established startups that are ready to scale, and those are throughout the U.S. and international, and we help um, build their teams uh, to succeed, right? So that's uh, our main thing, and then in addition to that, we also have the Wild Feather podcast, which the podcast is... Um, focused on inspiring and impacting, supporting others through the journeys of female founders and investors. And that is more of a passion project, but there are goals to grow that as time, uh, as time passes or as, as we make time uh, to focus on that. But that's super exciting and it's a ton of fun. Uh, we interview entrepreneurs of all stages of startups and investors and they're in every type of different company um from bags to um to food to software companies it's super cool and then as you mentioned we also are getting ready to launch the um interview and resume coaching just to help people out uh in you know, going from the big, big resignation to getting hired, there are so many jobs out there and uh, not enough people at this point. So helping them to navigate that and in addition, launching methods, recruiting course to teach people how to be successful recruiters. So lots going on, but super fun. Definitely. I have a quick question for you. That's actually not on the questions a little bit off the cuff right now with the big resignation that's going on. We're still in the big C or in COVID or hopefully at the tail end, still in the midst of this as we're recording this podcast in 2022 or at the beginning of 2022. And with the big resignation, I can't even say that. Resignation <laughs> that our employers, do you think that they're lowering their standards a little bit, or do they absolutely still have the same expectations and standards, even though there's not enough people to fill these slots? Yes. I I would I think that they're just as picky as they ever have been. Mm. And uh, there are a few things going on here. So one is it's extremely competitive for those who do want to work. Um, they usually have multiple offers going on. So it's very competitive from a company standpoint and hiring. Uh, comp expectations have gone up pretty much across the board. 
So I would say they've increased at least, at least from a candidate's perspective, 10 to 20 plus percent I, um, at minimum, I would say sometimes mm -hmm. even more. Uh, and I guess I can speak, I can't speak from larger companies or mid-sized companies because I don't know if they're lowering their bar to get people hired. Because at what point in time, you got to ask yourself at what point in time, are you losing money not having somebody in that seat that could learn the skills, right? Uh, from a startup perspective, they can't afford to make a bed hire. And due to COVID and whether if they're running leave, then they need to be, they need people to hit the ground running once they start. And so the training curve, especially from a remote standpoint, uh, training curve is usually pretty narrow. So startups haven't lowered their bar. They've probably increased their bar a bit because they need people to execute immediately. And uh, they just don't have the, you know, 90 to 120 day training leeway that the maybe leeway a larger so company has therefore you know I mean? they would want someone who was more of an expert or maybe more senior at what they're wanting them to execute mm -hmm. right away but then the flip side of that from coming out of software i still have a lot of networking people in my network who were in software that are looking for new positions or i get emails every day from recruiters mm -hmm. as well or from meta even or facebook and yeah. it seems on the flip side of that, then the candidates are thinking, well, I have these multiple authors and I have this influx of all these interviews and interest. I can ask for more, even if they're not quite senior yet. It's an interesting dichotomy going on right now. <laughs> right. It's very both interesting. Sides. Yeah. And I would say some companies call people out on it. Like I just had a situation last week where the guy said he wanted like, top of the range somebody with like 12 years experience and he really wanted the job and they said your comp requirements don't match your skill set so we have to pass and I, that is a pretty stringent company like they they know exactly what they want and they're very um frugal with their money shall we say but i think that's i think we're going to see more and more of that happening as well um when it comes to developers versus because that's something that can be measured versus like a salesperson say you know it's a different situation so like you can do a coding test and see the level of skill set in a coding test per se depending True. on the kind you know mm -hmm. versus a salesperson taking a personality assessment or something it's not the same Right. It's not the so, same. Maybe right. the salesperson has to show their numbers from a previous company right. Right. or show the turnaround or the targets. You, and you can you can sniff stuff out. Uh, mm -hmm. You just can't. I mean, then there are laws now where you can't ask for W-2s and you can't verify. Um, you can't ask what they made last year. So there are a lot of different dynamics that are included in it. But uh, and the other an interesting shift when it comes to developers and engineers is that prior to COVID, I think the majority of them went, went to an office. Mm -hmm. uh, unless you were a remote employee or a contract employee, et cetera. And so COVID gave them all the little taste of not wanting 
to go into the office. Now suddenly they could do their job remote. And some companies have remained remote, but some have uh, returned to the office. And so I would say a very big shift for, I see it the most in software engineers Mm -hmm. is that they all require or want remote work now versus before. Everyone in my network is a non-negotiable. Yeah, like the, yeah, that's it. Like the, it's not even negotiable. And right. Yep. So there, it really just depends on the company and the dynamics and the role. And like, there's so many variables. But. There's so many variables, and I've been hearing too that companies that have gone back to the office or that are requesting their employees go back, they're asking all kinds of requirements from them, of you know related to vaccine status, related to certain uh, distance, social distancing and wearing a mask. And that's really upsetting to some people too. Like, why are you asking me all these things? Like, I don't even want to come to the office. And then I have all these requirements on me and there's really strange laws in every state, or it seems like every state differs in what those laws are. So if a company is based in California, for example, they may be enacting laws from California on all their employees, like in wide with their employees, even though they're remote and in different places. And so that becomes tricky too. It's a really yeah. fascinating time, right? <laughs> it is. It's, it's very tricky. Yep, for sure. I'm yeah. glad to be work from home. I'm really glad to have my own business. <laughs> and even though you're work from home, most likely in remote, you're needing, because if you're recruiting company or the recruiting side of your company, you're needing to navigate all of these areas. Oh, for and, sure. And think for about sure. all of them when you're talking with candidates. For sure. mm-hmm. Well, and you've got each company has their own dynamics. So you're trying to find people that fit within the culture and the parameters, not only the skill set. And then the comp, and then you got to convince them to leave their job. And it's a lot, it's a lot going on. (laughs) For sure. And I want to dive into some more personal questions related to you. And within your business, within Carbon 3 Recruiting or with the Wild Feather podcast, what do you feel like are some of the biggest challenges that you've faced or you've overcome? related to being a founder or female founder? Yeah, sure. So I think I'm going to answer this in a couple of different ways. One is right now, the biggest challenge I face at this very moment is bandwidth. So business is fantastic. However, I need to hire people, but I don't have the time to even, I'm too busy recruiting for other companies to be able to recruit for my own, right? So I am just running myself silly and I can't, I am unable to get other things done from an operational standpoint, I would say that I need to get done um, only because I'm really busy, but I'm not going to complain because I love it. However, you know, everyone will tell you as your business is growing, and it's doing well, that's when you start delegating and keep building, keep the momentum going. So I think that's my biggest challenge currently. Uh, And with the Wild Feather, I didn't really see any challenges with that only because it's a passion project. If it were 
I'm kind of letting the universe take control of that one and grow it as it shall and as it should. I have a big vision for it and we're going to be launching a lot of affiliate marketing and a lot of programs that will be helping entrepreneurs from the ground level of like resources they need and that kind of thing. Uh, it's just a matter of time, same situation, bandwidth to be able to devote to that uh, and hiring people to help me execute that. So those are probably my biggest challenges today, but I will say that I am previously a founder of a software company of a startup that was a software mobile app company. And from mm -hmm. a founder, if you're asking me from a founder standpoint, I would say there are so many, there were so many challenges and so many lessons learned. I made every mistake in the book. It was, uh, it was great though, because I learned so much. So if I were to start a company now, a software company, I would know what not to do and know what to do, right? <laughs> like it exactly, would, it mm -hmm. would totally mitigate that whole painful two, three years and I could execute and get that things done. So I've learned a few things along the way. Uh, and I would say with that, if anybody's wanting to start a company or in the midst of starting a company, I would say one is um, do your homework, do your research, uh, network as much as possible because it, I think my challenges were was I just ran out of money. I, I wasn't a tech founder. You can probably appreciate this being a software developer background. I wasn't a tech founder. So having to put your baby and your ideas into somebody else's hands that you don't know how to read code. So you have no idea uh, what's getting done and it costs an astronomical amount of money and then mm -hmm. it gets built and we weren't able to use it because it wasn't able, it wasn't built to scale. Mm. So we had to start all over mm. and by that time it was just exhausting right and so I just needed to walk away and take a break from it but I would say network and get people to ask just keep asking questions and keep asking for help and don't just rely on the first couple of people um that come they along that you get introduced or, with yeah right right, right. Or, and that or, are willing to do it that are willing to do it that that might be seeming like a good price that's yeah i've i've heard a lot of stories <laughs> related yeah. with yeah. the the build out of mobile apps and web apps i mean i've i've personally supported a lot of clients previously and building out mobile and web apps for them and the business side and digital marketing also and guiding them on that. And I've heard a lot of stories. I had one friend that was crying that he, uh, I used to work with, I used to support men and women at some point when I first started Empire Life. And, and then I transitioned about 2018 of only supporting female founders or at least 50% founded of from a female identifying yeah. person and so he had initially talked to empire life <clears throat> and he was like this is my idea i want to build out this kind of mobile app and i expect it out it just this, this specs this is what you can expect to pay to have this built out and he's like oh my gosh i don't know i think i'm going to find a developer team in another country like you do you just let like let me know if you have any questions i understand I'm here to support you if you need anything. And then a few years later, he still didn't have 
his mobile app complete and built out. And we met for lunch when he was in town because he's my friend and trying to network, like you said, always having, and, and you understand each other more when you've been through all those things as right. founders. It's, it's really nice to continue to have a network of, of founders. There's a level of, of empathy or understanding that you just don't find in other, uh, other businesses or other people. And he started crying and said he had spent close to a million dollars over a few years of investor money, his own money, and he still didn't have a viable MVP or anything to work with. And he wished that he will have gone with my company, even though at the start, it seemed more pricey than what he had been anticipating that he didn't realize if he hired another team that there would be a back and forth and things that he didn't know for sure were getting done and he would think that he was communicating with them properly but then it wouldn't be done or they wouldn't fully understand where it was coming from because there's also a level i think of knowing how it's going to be for the end user has to have some level of business experience too and how you want to the user friendliness or the the end the end user product it can't just be one side of oh well that's the technology and then we're going to build this out and it's going to be this is everything that you said you wanted so not being able to bring up business related our marketing how is the, the user might actually like this button over here and a person who's only been on the software developer side have a more difficult time bringing those kind of questions up. And mm -hmm. also we just want to listen to the clients sometimes or they're just listening to what the client says and trying to execute what the client is asking for. But that was a big difference or has been a big difference with empire life that i can bring those kind of things up of being on both sides like that from a business standpoint or marketing or this just doesn't look right right, right. <laughs> like this is not pretty this is not user friendly and maybe if we move things over around it this way or even being able to now be on projects where i can actually guide both sides even and say the I understand that that's what you want, but what can be version one or what does the MVP have to have? Because all of what you're talking about is like five years working with the development <laughs> developer team. I want right? it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want it now. I wanted it like a month ago. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so that, that's the, the communication too, is being able to, to understand how long is this going to take from a developer side and then the marketing side, is this a viable product for the marketplace? Like you're talking about, is this gonna be user-friendly? How can we gamify this? How can people keep coming back to it? Those are questions that sometimes get just kind of mold over. <laughs> right, right. And right. steamrolling ahead. This is what I want. This is what I told the developers I want. Uh, the, those questions need to be answered as well. Yeah. Well, and developers aren't, aren't, especially consulting firms or the overseas situation. We tried that too. Um, mm. If you don't, if 
if you're going to have a language barrier on top of not knowing code, like, um, yeah, there are just different ways around it. Like you can build an MVP without spending a hundred grand and without going to a firm just to get an MVP. It may not be fully functioning, but it can be functioning enough to show in a presentation, right? Yes. In order to raise funding or to do mm -hmm. like get you to where you need to be and then finish it out. It doesn't have to be fully baked in order to get to that point, right? And so I think that that um, is a good lesson learned. That's a great point and, and a common misconception. Yep. Oh, well, in the business world too, for business consulting to think I have to have all my programs fully mapped right. out. Just and, start selling yeah, and then start it all. It doesn't have to be perfect, right? Just start mm -hmm. somewhere, right? Yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I and, think that's a big, that's a big deal in coaching. I feel like I hear it a lot mm -hmm. in coaching programs and whatnot. It's like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just start. Cause if you don't start, then you're never going to start. Right. Yes. Another, another huge point of that or lesson that I've learned along the way. And also with guiding clients, I hear frequently is there's a point a right. And that's the point where somebody starts from they may have some experience and they get their online course out there. They start selling and they're starting from point A. If they didn't start from point A, they would never get past point A. So no matter where they're coming from or their experience, they're still starting from that point. So a person who started sooner is gonna get past point A sooner than right. somebody right. who is saying, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for point A and, and go, going and beating around the bush or I need this other certification or I need to do this other thing. And I, I need more training, however they're right. The best training their... is just to dive in, isn't it? Mm -hmm. the well, then they it. keep learning lessons and they get there so much faster or further along the path because you learn lessons by doing it and by receiving that feedback of, oh, I can improve this more the next time, or I need to add this into my contract because this is questionable, or I need to be more clear. I was having a conversation with a client this morning about being more clear in their contracts about the expectation of communication. And for example, this is something that a lot of business owners don't think about is when am I going to answer emails? How am oh, yeah, I going to yeah, yeah. make sure my clients feel supported within boundaries in a structure that is dedicated or designed, implemented from the beginning? Saying I'm available from this time to this time. This is how long it takes me to get back to you. And these are the ways to communicate and contact me. And just laying out those expectations makes things flow much smoother and makes you love your life <laughs> right <laughs> be thinking oh this business is running me like you you're right. the one running the business yeah for sure for sure so Definitely, it, uh, good to think about and also um to include you know because you'll run yourself ragged if you don't yes for sure and what do you do, Brooke, when you start to feel some resistance in your business? Um, 
I was like, from, from who? From, from me, any, from, from yourself, <laughs> or from the universe in any kind of way. <laughs> from clients. Like you're, you're not wanting to get out of bed in the morning or. Uh, okay. So, so if from a personal standpoint, so I'll give you an example. Uh, it happened this morning. I was going to go to the gym and I really didn't want to go. I wasn't feeling like going to the gym. So I was starting to make excuses. So my biggest, most recent thing of how I uh, overcome resistance with myself is I just tell myself, you're hurt. if you don't go, you're hurting yourself and no one, nobody else. Like you're the only one that's going to um, not reap the benefits of this. So just do it because you'll feel better right? Like you're mm -hmm. only hurting yourself. So that's one way uh, recently that I've tried to overcome resistance to uh, if there's too much resistance, if it's not personally inflicted resistance, uh, I usually like have to surrender and walk away. And I let things just kind of one, either I walk away and regroup and think about uh, different ways of approaching or how I'm going to handle it or understand why someone's acting or reacting that way. Uh, so I can fully understand. I don't, I try very hard not to react. Uh, and if it's too much resistance, then I just surrender and let it all work itself out. Like I'm not much of a person that tries to force a square peg in a round hole. I've just learned it doesn't, if it, doesn't feel good and feel right, then I let it go. Let it work, work itself out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I surrender it. it is, and it's very I have wise. no problem. I have no problem telling people like, let's revisit this. Um, mm. Give me a couple of days or take a few days to think, about, you know, because if there's two people, two parties involved, but um, yeah, I mean, it always works itself out, right? I think it does. And it may not be the way you think it should, but it's the way it, there's always going to be something great that comes of it. And my philosophy has always been plant seeds, just plant the seeds. And if you fertilize them a little bit along the way, just give them some love along the way, they'll eventually grow and be prosperous, right? And seeds grow at all different stages. Some take longer than others, some take, but it's all going to work out. Like everything's going to come to fruition if you believe it. And if you sincerely believe in yourself, right? I think, uh, so I think with resistance to answer your question, I'd surrender and let it go. I love the way you think about that, super wise. Um, something I, I like to tell myself, I have a lot of personal philosophies. One of them is if it is, yet to be worked out it means it's still being worked out so that that allows me a lot of patience to pause or take a step back and realize it's not the end it must still be in motion and it's if it doesn't feel good yet it it will feel good and it will work itself out and i need to be patient because it's still it must still be in motion if it still feels out of alignment right right and just means you have an opportunity to learn something new or to work on something different that you you know like 
at the very moment if something's not happening that you think should happen, switch gears, take your mind off of it. And that's my theory. And then it'll happen before your eyes. I mean, it's amazing. Bigger and better than you ever dreamed it could be, right? So that's true. When we give that space, that's true. Yeah. It doesn't come naturally for me to give that space. (laughs) It's definitely learned. (laughs) I don't think it comes naturally for a lot of people and including myself. Like, I think, I feel like I've had to learn it. And then there was a long process there of like, I couldn't stop thinking about it, you know, like Mm -hmm. obsessing about it. And um, I think now it's easier to not but I feel like the more the whole resistance thing the more obsessed we come we become with something the more resistance we create to that Mm. and so my theory my personal experience has been let go of the obsession let go of it like consuming your mind and your brain and whatnot let it go and It'll all work itself out faster than what you could imagine. But the more you focus and dwell on it, the more resistance you're creating. At least that's what I think. Yes. On that same note, Brooke, what are some of the tips or tactics that you do to free your brain from that or to, to give yourself that space? Yeah. So I meditate. I meditate um every day I journal um I listen to music uh music's a big one I'll go for walks in nature although in the winter I'm in Michigan so walks aren't that enjoyable right now um but I'll go skiing or something just to be outside and to free my brain and you know I hang out with my friends go do something fun I just try to remove myself from the environment that's making my head focus on that and just uh, try to enjoy the moment or try to free it. You know, I don't know how else to, but meditation helps immensely. So does I really think going to the gym or exercising, I know it's probably cliche, but it's amazing how that helps. Go sit in the sauna detox yes I I found that to be really true too in my business and personally and also with our culture both being from the U.S. it it can feel counterintuitive to what we're seeing of like just put your nose to the to the ground and move forward push through don't quit and to reminder to the listeners like you're not quitting to take a break you're, you're taking a break, you're, and you're allowing that space for it to flow for more of the ideas to start flowing. As I know for myself, taking a shower, sometimes taking a walk, like you said, meditating, hanging out with close ones, loved ones, going to the gym. Those are times when the best ideas come to me and all of a sudden I like bingo oh that's the one that's what I'm gonna do now oh I just solved that when I wasn't trying to right. even though it's right. it's super counterintuitive okay I think right. it's 
for me anyway, I had, I had to teach myself that that's okay <laughs> to step away. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. For real. For sure. I always find travel too. I love to travel and I always find travel to be very enlightening. Like, I don't know. I Maybe because you remove yourself from the everyday and then it frees you to let answers come or clarity come I don't know but I always find that to be helpful too as a flying is is like that for me I was fine going up in the air and this kind of get in a way removing yourself from the situation it's it's fully removing ourselves from our environment <laughs> right that is for sure <laughs> and I, I know we're coming up on time Brooke I was wondering how can people get in touch with you for sure for making sure, sure that uh, they get your services yeah. or your support yeah absolutely so you can go to carbon3recruiting.com you can connect with me on linkedin i was open and welcome uh connections on linkedin uh, you can reach me on brooke dunwell you can also go to the wild feather podcast website you can listen to our podcast on spotify um apple all the major ones uh and you can email me. I'm also on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, however you want to connect and whichever one is your jam, we're there. <laughs> one of the companies is there. All the places. I, 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 yeah, right. That's great. <laughs> all the places, all the fun, you know. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank yeah. you for thank you for being with us today. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me. And uh, I hope you have a fantastic day. Stay safe in that in that ice.